Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. I am reporting live from my half bath uh, out here at Lawford Ranch. My wife and son are asleep, and the walls here are as thin as uh, um, uh, a vagina hair. I didn't want to say the C word hair because I'm trying to be a little more PC. Okay, just a little bit more. So, a vagina hair thin is our wall. <laughs> Anyways, uh, today's guest is a Johnny Savage of the Red Knot Chili Peppers. He is a, he is a businessman. He's an engineer. He is an incredible bass player. He's a van lifer, and he's a friend. Um, it was great talking to Johnny. Johnny was actually our first guest on this show ever, and... Uh, <laughs> when we were, it was back when we were just talking about our genitals and uh, you know what we ate for dinner yesterday, the day before, whatever. Okay. Anyways, Johnny, uh, great dude, hardworking guy, very smart guy. I had a great conversation with him, and that's coming up here in just a few minutes. Um, so, oh yeah, so I want you to check out the links in the show notes too, because he has his van life Instagram, and we also talk about this uh, documentary that he did for the Caravan to Cabo, which uh, he talks about in great length in this podcast, and, and how disaster it, disastrous it turned out. But it was a beautiful idea, and, and he learned a lot from that, so we'll talk about that soon. Um me and Raina and I, actually, will be playing this Friday, 1221, uh, December 21st, 2018, at the Home Slice Pizza in downtown Toledo. And, we'll, and then the next week will be the 28th at Hooligans in Adrian, Michigan. And that's it for this year. Those are the last two gigs of the year, uh, besides a private wedding that me and Raina are doing which you are not invited to. So if you're in Toledo or in Adrian, come and hang out with us. Also, Random Mystique has a new album coming out, 1018. Its, it's uh, pre-sale is, uh, let's see, the 28th. So our pre-sale begins on our show at Hooligans. And uh, that's fun. And uh, the actual album comes out January 4th, which will be available for purchase online or um, at our shows. We'll have actual hard copies, which is going to be awesome. And it's nice to have a hard copy with your name on it, a hard copy of an album with your name on it. I contributed to the writing process. Um, let's see. Four out of the six songs I wrote, me and Raina wrote together. Uh, anyways, uh, check that out, RainaMystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Check it out, baby. You can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Write us, let us know what you think of the album. Well, and you can also go on Spotify right now and listen to a couple songs off the album, Different, and uh, what's that song? Shit. Um... <laughs> unspoken uh both those are available on spotify right now along with a bunch of acoustic stuff and her old album 25 which is uh pretty awesome anyways uh you can check out the new non-barren wasteland that is the we speak english good 
www.thepodcastmaker.net. Yes, that is right, folks. We have updated the website. It is still... It's still not where I want it to be, but we're working on it, and it's a slow process, so bear with us here. But it looks good. I love it. My wife does great work, so my wife also does web design, so if you need your web designed, hit her up on reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes. Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast, share the podcast, download the podcast, be the podcast. Okay, guys, that is enough out of me. Let's jump on over to Johnny Hollywood Savage. Hello. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on, baby? Oh, boy. You know. <laughs> Just that, huh? Yeah. 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 Did yeah, you... driving across the country is rough on your body. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, you have no idea. Well, yes, you do. Never mind. <laughs> you you do know exactly what's going. On. Yeah. No, I had to. I went out to. Well, yeah. We were we hung out in San Diego when I was out there, and I was getting right. my shit. Um, the last time we were in San Diego, which was what? What was that? A couple months ago or something? September. Yeah. Uh, and then I drove. Like I got back to Ohio in two days, less than two days. Like I, I drove all the way to like uh what was it Nebraska, I, I camped out in a Walmart parking lot and then slept for like three hours and then drove from Nebraska to to Toledo, huh? And then went and oh. played a gig oh. that night, <laughs> and then, and uh and and I did terrible, so it was great. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you can't really expect much after all that. You no, know? you can't. Your body's just unhappy. No, you can't. And and that that trip wasn't cheap. And like, I needed that money, so I had to go out and really do that. So so what what how did you guys drive to? So you're in Austin now. You guys drove from the East Coast, correct? Yeah. So we we're in um, we we're in Vermont. I think I got there like sometime in July. Spent a few months there and then drove down to Florida. Spent like a month re- remodeling a family condo down there and then um, got back on the road and heading to San Diego. But uh, yeah, we got like, I don't know, we were doing pretty long days and then started hearing some bad noises. Oh. Crease for the wheel bearing. And then it's just a t- tough thing is like a driving an old Land Rover, you just are just screwing yourself over when it comes to. Um, finding parts. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's foreign, right? Is that a foreign car? Yeah, it's foreign, and they don't make them anymore. Like they don't make them anymore. So even the even the dealerships don't have the parts. There there are like certain private companies out there that have basically remake the parts just because they're enough still on the road that it's profitable for them. Yeah, but but nobody has them in stock. You always have to you know get them specially ordered. Holy um, shit! Yeah, and then there's the, the other issue of um, there's just special tools to work on the truck where you know 90 percent of repair shops don't have it and it just really shoots yourself in the foot pretty bad 
So oh, shit. So so has there been like a moment where where you guys were out there and you broke down and like there was no parts and like you had to wait? I mean, like what has has oh, yeah, there been so, a time? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just just this most recent. Well, I mean, we we've been pretty good so far, but other than you know one other issue where we we got stuck for like ten days, but. I mean, that, that's over the last couple of years. But just recently, like an example is we were in Houston and um, and we like limped the car to Houston because it, it was like wheel bearing was like howling. And I was like, oh man, this is sketchy. We we got to like, you know, outside of Houston, there's a, a legit Land Rover repair shop. And we thought, we made it up over there. We were all excited. We thought they were going to be able to throw the thing in that day and carry on. And they didn't have the part. Ugh. And, um, um, so our option was either to like camp out in there, you know, this is a Friday afternoon. So it's either like camp out in there, oh my their God. lot, you know, until Monday <laughs> or and I was like, and I, and like, <laughs> and I have a good friend here at Austin. I was like, so what's the chance that we'd make it up? And he's like, oh yeah, you guys will make it. You guys will make it. <laughs> we got like 20 miles outside of, outside of Houston and like the, the wheel was about to fall off. Like, oh my God. The, the, the car was like trail, like trailing, like like just kind of weaving down the road, just because there was so much play in the wheel bearing. And I got out, and like yeah, high speeds. It wasn't making a ton of noise, but like when we slowed down, it sounded just like death back there. Oh my god! And I get out, and there's like smoke coming from the hub, and I'm like, "There's no way we're making it." <laughs> so Damn. it was like pouring rain. We we had like an hour for a tow truck, and then took like a three hundred fifty dollar tow truck ride to the 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 next Land Rover repair place. Wow. Dropped it. Yeah. Dropped it off at like nine or 10 PM. And then it was just a long, long day. Yeah. It sounds like it, man. Uh, so, so we've been recording this whole time. I'm sorry. I didn't even tell you. You just, we, we like, we've been going from, I think think that's some, that's some FCC rules. You just broke or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I, I wanted to introduce who you were. This is a, we're talking to, Johnny Savage here, or a.k.a. Johnny Hollywood, which I have no idea why people call you Johnny Hollywood, but that's okay. Uh, but you were uh, our, our first guest on the show ever. And, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, on the four-hour fucking uh, uh, podcast extravaganza. Uh, where we were just talking about our genitalia the whole time, uh, but the, the show the show has evolved since then, and uh, so have you. Uh, you uh, you uh, went from a stationary, well, not so stationary, but like a guy who just lived in San Diego, who like was doing the band thing. You had a job, job too. You had a day job, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I got an idea. Fuck everything. I'm going to go live in my truck with my girlfriends. So, <laughs> which, exactly. Which, exactly. Which my family had a similar, a similar, 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 similar. What is it? Which one? Simulation. Yes, yeah, so we had a simulation. <laughs> we just basically s- copied exactly what you guys were doing, except we didn't have a nice thing. No, that's not it at all. Uh, we, we had, we had, a, we had a, 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 an idea close to yours. <laughs> that uh and we went out and uh we actually got stuck in eugene for for 10 days because of a transmission problem which isn't that Mm -hmm. far from from san diego i mean it's far but not like not as far as we thought we would get before shit started 
dying on us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you never, you never know. You never know. You That's the whole know. thing. It could be, it could be like five miles. It could be 50,000 miles. It's just, yeah. they sneak up on you. They don't, they don't give you any kind of warnings usually. <laughs> no, it's just like, Hey, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. yeah and, 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 and so like all the way from Eugene, we're like trying to get to the East coast. Cause we did need to make it to Ohio for a wedding for a couple weddings. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole time we're going across the North, the North, uh, the North America here, like the, the Northern part of North America. So going from Washington over, um, and we're just, every time we hear something, you're just like, oh shit, this is it. And, yep. and, and you just, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. It's craziness. But w- tell me like, what was like sort of the reason you sort of was like fuck this i'm not doing dealing with this anymore i'm just gonna go live in my land rover what was yeah i mean there were a couple but but i mean definitely the big overshadowing reason was um you know my mom passed probably six or seven years ago now and i just felt like you know you know my parents worked really hard and and she passed like maybe like a year or two into their retirement. And, oh. and for me, that was just a big eye opener where like, they were so excited to finally like have some flexibility to travel and, and go exploring. And, and, you know, they got on the road, they did some road trips and she was just sending me emails and they were just like, you know, she was seemed so happy to be traveling again. She was a big, she was really into exploring, you know, throughout her life. She did, she did a big road trip through Canada, which she always used to talk about. And it just, it was just an eye opener that like, you know, you just can't, you can't bank on retirement anymore, you know, or yeah. just period. No one, no one can. No, you, know? I you mean, don't know what. Yeah, no, totally. Please. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and I was actually, and that kind of started the idea. And then, um, my dad and them coming, my mom passed from, from cancer. She actually battled like, I think she beat four types of cancer before one finally got her. God um, damn. And so she spent a lot of her life battling cancer. And then, and then my dad came down um, with cancer and I was just like, okay, this is it. Like Jesus. not only did my, my family need some help um, taking care of, taking care of him, he was having like a major surgery. So I kind of timed it around that, yeah. but um, that was definitely an overlying motivation. Um, a lot of the other ones were, were smaller, but also, you know, still impactful. You know, I was, I was working at desk shop for 12 years and, and working for the government on that. And that's just, you know, it's like if, if you really like stability, it's a great job. But if, if you're kind of like me where, you know, I like, you know, to be pushed and um, to be on the edge of either success or total destruction at every moment, <laughs> um, it's not, not the most, it's not a job that really is, um, you know, conducive to keeping someone like that happy. Right. So I was pretty unhappy in that job. And, um, you know, I was working so hard in music. I was working so hard in music in San Diego for 10 years. Um, and I really felt like things were progressing the way I wanted them to. And I put an insane amount of work into this project called Caravan to Cabo. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like three years in the making for that. And then two years of insane amount of work for to keep it going and to, to keep it building. And ended up having a big disagreement with the um, the main bosses in, in Mexico, and things just fell apart. Like you know, three years work fell apart in like two hours. Oh, just God. like, and and so that was really tough. And I wasn't sure if I could handle 
you know, investing in, in, uh, music again. Um, at that point I just, I needed a break, you know? So, so just everything kind of came together at the same time. And, um, also, I also met, um, a girl who I had known for many, many years and, um, we started dating and, and I, I, having done a bunch of trips to, you know, through like Mexico and Central America by myself, I, I knew that like, I was good for like a few weeks by myself. But after that, you start like really wishing you could sh- share some of the experiences. So that was another big thing, finding someone that I felt, you know, excited and comfortable about taking into really, you know, challenging places like Central America and, um, you know, you always are going to run into some crazy situations. So you really need to find someone that you're sure can support you when you're down and, and vice versa. So, yeah, it's just a lot of those things. They just came together. And I just, I, I, I feel like I lucked out because um, I feel like if one of those things didn't push me that direction, you know, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on it. And, and it was something I've been wanting to do my, you know, for at least 15 years. Um, since I started really getting into surfing, which is another motivation to go down there. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just funny how it's funny how much it takes for you to like be comfortable to make a big decision like that. And for me, it was a bit, you know, it was, it was changing my entire life, hundred percent. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I was just lucky that that it all came together, and um, everything just seemed to make sense. And, and I look back on it, and I was, and I like, there's not a, a moment I regret or and I'm really glad I waited to do it. And I'm, you know, there were times before I thought about doing it and, um, I didn't pull the trigger. And I think that you're just, your natural gut is just, it's just such, so such a smart thing to follow because you just know when it's right to do something like that and you know, when it's not, and you just gotta, you can't force it, you know? So yeah, totally, man. No, yeah. I just lucked out, I guess. I feel, I feel really fortunate that everything kind of came together at the right timing. Yeah, it, you know it's interesting. You talk, I like I talk about that a lot on the show. It's been one of the big one of the things is like um, being a af- people being afraid of taking that step towards the unknown, like you know, right. like investing in yourself and like and and people who listen to this might be like he's just vacationing forever, but you are investing in yourself because you you needed that for whatever peace of mind you were looking for. And, yep. and now, and so tell me how you sort of have, um, uh, how do you sort cause like you still have, uh, you still are running the band. You're still running the red knots. Is that correct? You're still doing that? Yeah, that's right. Um, and you still you know, that, are, that was a tough decision, but yeah, I'm still running it. How yeah. you, how are you handling like workflow? Like, like, you know, like the logistics, uh, while on the road. Not very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not very well. Um, it's been it's been a challenge, a really, really challenge, big challenge. Um, you know, in retrospect, I probably would have been happier putting it up on blocks for the time I was gone. Just because um, I, they were, they were basically, um, I met this bassist um, for, he, he was a bassist for Neighbors uh, to the North. Mm. Neighbors to the North. Is that the name of the band? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Neighbors to the North. I think that's it. They're they're um pretty cool little rock band that you know played around San Diego for I don't know a long time, probably almost ten years. And um, Sutton, as a, a singer songwriter out of San Diego, he's um in 
Arizona now, well, actually currently in Florida, but uh, he was the the lead member, lead singer songwriter, and then this guy Paul, um, the bassist, and I, I caught the a show of theirs in uh, at the old Gallagher's. This is actually one of what's called Gallagher's. Oh, THC. A long time. Yeah, yeah, a while back, and um, I saw this guy. And I was like, wow, this guy, this guy does a good to do a good fleet. I was like, I just knew it right away. <laughs> the way he looked on stage, the way he was playing. And so he started filling in for me a bit over the years. And then, you know, before I left, I was like, man, do I, like, things were just kind of falling apart in general. Like, the the guys were losing motivation. Uh, we just got, what, there's so many band member changes. And it's just, it was a stressful period. And I was like, oh, I should really just, you know, put this thing up with blocks. And then um, I started working with Paul and, and he was so motivated and such a, such a well-organized guy that I was like, maybe he can, make this work and he and he really did like um you know he worked really hard to keep things on track you know while i was in the middle of the jungle and didn't have internet for two weeks or something um but at the same time it, it, it turned out to be a lot of stress for me just the unknown of you know things were really up and down during that period and um and, and you know it was, it was a business i put so much work into over the years i was it was tough to you know step away and and I didn't never was really able to step away, you know, like mentally I was always like, oh, I wonder if everybody's showing up at this gig this weekend. And I, there was no way I had to, I, there was no way I could check. Right. You know? right. Like so, there were, there were times where I was in the middle of nowhere and there was, I was just like, I hope it works out. And, <laughs> and so, it, so yeah, there was, it was kind of, there was a lot of underlying stress to having that going on. Um, I was able to break free from it at times and other times it was just like kind of all consuming. So, yeah and, you know in retrospect i'm like oh was that really worth was that really the right decision but you know you got to stick with your decisions and and things worked out and and you know the band kept on playing good shows and and um i think all in all it you know it wasn't a terrible decision just i'm not sure if it's the same one i'd make again yeah so you were you would yeah. say keep any kind of work away from uh these kind of experiences is that what you're kind of like I mean, for you, for, for what I, for what I was getting out of it, because, yeah. you know, for, for me, I, I, I worked three jobs for 10 years, mm -hmm. one of them for 12 years. And I was totally burnt out, like, like beyond burnt out. I, I was working, you know, six days a week and, and then most weekends I'd be touring and then I'd come home, you know, I'd tour like Thursday through Sunday, get home at like midnight on Sunday and have to be at a desk job at, you know, six thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was like, that that was that was ten years almost, <laughs> and and um and so for me personally, I I need what I needed was to step away from everything, and I didn't really realize that until I was on the road. Um, and and it wasn't just a matter of you know you know giving a lot of responsibility to someone else. It's it's really more of a mental thing. Just knowing that that business is still running and there's still things that need to be done, at, you know, at all times. I mean, if you've managed any band, there's always something that needs to be done. Always, and, and that's and that's the hard thing about band management. It's like it just sits in the back of your head all day. Wow. Like a lot of other jobs, you can you can you can work and you can be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah, done. you leave I'm it at work. For the day. Yeah, exactly. No, there's always something that needs to be worked on, and so it's like it's really becoming a good band manager is, is really like also managing that you know mental strain of being able to shut off and i've always been terrible at that and that's been part of part of the reason why the band sounds so well but also 
it's been part of the reason why this past year and a half, I'm like, oh man, what was I thinking? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. What? <laughs> so, so uh, when you guys first started your journey here, uh, your van lifing is what 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 people refer to it, or what what do they call it? Or urban boondocking? I've heard several things called that. Uh, yeah. So There's some terms out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, like when you're talking about when you're talking about um, you know handling business on the road, that was very stressful for us too because uh, Raina would be um, she was she was still holding on to her students, but the way she did it was she had uh, let's say so like Monday through Wednesday would be um, this is work days. And then so from a certain time through a certain time, she had students. But the problem was, is that we had to find uh, an internet connection that was solid, other than like my phone, which would run out of like hotspot gigs. Uh, so we would like be parked outside of a Starbucks. And hopefully that Wi-Fi is strong enough. Hopefully it doesn't get disrupted. And at first it was real stressful. And I mean, it was really a point of contention at po uh, points between us um, uh, you know, us as in a relationship, and it was a point of contention for, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, a place to sit down, you know, like like to link into some Wi-Fi and actually teach a lesson online, a voice lesson in a van in the middle of the summer, you know, right. <laughs> with a dog. <laughs> Yeah, and a kid. That's a lot. That's a so, lot. so it was stressful, and like, so, like, when you're talking about, like, eh, I kind of wish I would have just sort of put this on blocks. That, that I think that's something that we discovered too is like, if your job, if your job really it requires you to be very present, <laughs> uh, maybe it's something that you should leave behind for a while. Or, uh, <laughs> or, or I, I mean, cause I don't know, because like for us, it was like, she, she was working and it was kind of like, it was funding our, our way to the next place, right. you know? So like, totally. it wasn't just, it wasn't just like, Hey, we're going to make a little extra money on the road. It was like, Hey, this is our money. Like we had like some money that we saved and then the rest was like, we have to go out and earn it and hustle it. So yeah, that's what we were doing. And, and it was cool. And, and for some, sometimes it was cool. Sometimes it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and so, so yeah it, no it's a stressful thing for sure i and it, it really does come down to you know are you are you able to to do without that income um or or do you really need to you know sit down and and, and make it work you know yeah. find find those places and really plan ahead so you're not stressing out about and, and hey, like I it's yeah, and I mean, and that's hard to even try to figure out how to. Where do you even start to like map something out like that? You know, like, like, yeah. How do you? Know? Yeah, because the whole point of you know life on the road is that you just don't really plan all that. Right. You wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm here. Maybe I'll get over here by the end of the day. Maybe I won't. Who yeah. knows? We'll just like start driving and see. And that's what that's the best part about it. So yeah, it, it plan, the planning part is really hard, and it, it takes. You know, it takes more, um, I guess, pre-planning than, um, you know, when you're back at home and, you know, you have your office set up and, and everything like that. It takes a lot of, like, a lot of self-discipline to make it work, you know? Yeah, and, and that's one thing that me and my wife didn't have going into this. I mean, we did. <laughs> 
<laughs> we definitely showed up on the East Coast with all its glorious rain and uh, discovered that our van was not equipped. It was not weatherproofed. We were spending our, right. our summer on the West Coast. I mean, we were up in the North, Pacific Northwest where it does rain, but like it was summer, so it doesn't really rain a lot up there during the summer. Yeah, right. Um, but as soon as we got over, <laughs> as soon as you cross that fucking, the, uh, what's the, the barrier, not the barrier reef, Jesus Christ, come on. Um, yes, thank you very much. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once you yeah, cross that, that fucker, like it's over, you know, you're like, it, it was crazy. It, we were getting rained on. The UP was already cold as fuck. The upper peninsula of Michigan was already like at night. It was getting down to like the forties and shit. So it was like fucking yeah. August. Like, Jesus. Yeah. So, so we weren't prepared for that. Um, so that's another thing you got to really think about is like before you go out, it's like you really got to make sure your shit is, is in one sock because once you're out there and you're in the middle of fucking Montana and rain is just fucking washing everything out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to be you got to be prepared to do those those you know, patch jobs in the middle of a monsoon because I mean, it, it'll happen. It'll happen eventually. We came, we came back from Central America and uh, you know, there's this stuff. Actually, we, we grabbed a, a big roll from Caleb. He's like, you're going to need this. And I'm like, ah, no, you know, things are good, but I'll just throw it in the truck. We like went through the whole roll basically by the time we were back, just like patching up holes the entire way down. You know, we hit, we hit like a branch and, and just like tear a new, you know, tear a new hole in the in the the window seal oh, and then shit. you wouldn't you wouldn't know until like you're sleeping and all of a sudden like the stream is like slapping you in the face <laughs> and i and then you gotta go up there and bring out caleb's tape again and slap some more on it we were like the whole thing was like a big tape job by the end of our trip for sure. <laughs> so did when you guys left when you guys drove out did you guys drive out of san diego yeah, we did. We drove out of San Diego. We went up through the Rockies and um, went up to British Columbia for a bit. And then my dad had surgery in Portland, so we spent a month there oh. helping him recover. And then our original plan was just to go south through Mexico. But once he, uh, once we knew he had to have surgery, we, we um, changed our plans and spent a month with him in Portland. And then he was back. He was good. And he was back on his feet, taking care of himself again, and everyone, everything was looking good and we um headed south and um and the timing of it was pretty rough because mexico in july is like fucking hot yeah like like kick your ass hot i mean like we were camping in cabo or near outside of cabo on the east cape and um you know it'd get down like nighttime temps were like a couple of nights we were there were like 87 88 something like that at night oh yeah and, uh, and it was just like you're just you're just pouring sweat, and that's how you—that's how you stay cool and <laughs> yeah, you're, in your sleep. You just, yeah. you just sweat it out. So this was full on humidity. Is that—is that what's going on down there? I'm not sure of the weather because I know like it's not—it's not super humid, but um, it's just really hot. Just it's hot. Just, it's just yeah, fucking ass. And it's and it and there it's not in the winter. It does get really dry down there and. Um, but in, in the summer, um, there's definitely some humidity. It's not like, it's not like East coast. Right. It's really, it's not that bad. Right. I mean, cause like it's, it's still the West coast and like, you know, it's still, you know, yeah, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super arid and you're just sitting there sweating at night. 
Uh, I was yeah, like, I was really hot. <laughs> oh, and you're like, we were, we were outside in the sun all day and you know, it's like 95 high nineties in the Ooh. day. And, and they just, you just don't get released, you know, and, and our refrigerator broke down. So like we didn't even have anything cold to drink. We're drinking like warm water all day. It's just, it's just a, it's like a, I don't know. You just don't realize how having that break from the heat is so critical for your body. Cause after a couple of days of camping out there, you're just like exhausted. Yeah. You're just exhausted. And going a little bit crazy from the heat. Oh my god! Yes, I I ugh. I used to work with a um, a glass blower. I was the assistant when I was very young, uh, and like you would spend they only you could only go for like three or four hour blocks, and by the time mm-hmm. you're done with that, because you're staying in front of this fucking they call it a glory hole, which is kind of funny. Um, they it, there's just molted glass that you're staying in front of in this furnace. And uh, have you ever seen like someone blowing glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. My neighbor was a glass blower. Exactly. So I, I so all the time. You know, you yeah, know how hot that's that a, shit that's gets. A tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he'd, so, he'd be blowing in the summer, and I'm like, dude, I don't know how you're doing. Yeah. This. Yeah. Totally. And <laughs> like you're just in there fucking sweat, and like just from a four hour block of just being in front of it, you leave there, and your whole fucking you're. <laughs> paradigm shift that's what I, that's why i like because like yeah. you're not even in the same place you were when you fucking went in there because like when you leave you're just sweating you're fucking out of it uh, or going through death valley i mean anybody who's driven through death valley or he's like you fucking you'd go crazy even fucking for those few hours you're driving through it it's like you yeah. i don't know what the fuck it is man it's just the heat it just makes you go crazy so you guys went down to Cabo and then, and then when did you, cause wait, Cabo doesn't, cause you had to drive back up then, right? You had to drive up. No, we took a, we took a car ferry, which oh. was another, another like 24 hours of insane heat where we're, we we're, we're, we're like stuck parked in between like, you know, like just totally packed in the, between big rigs. Yeah. And oh. they're all like, and all the, and they're all like running their engines so that they are like sitting in their air conditioned cabins, you know. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and so like you have like fumes and heat from all these trucks around you, and it's also like eighty five degrees out oh without God. all of that. So that that was a that was a serious rough one. That and that's like a twenty that was like a twenty hour trip. Whoa. Um. And but when we got out in Mazelan, that was we we took a few days and got an Airbnb and and yeah. um got the air conditioner fixed in the truck. The, the actual the air conditioner you know like the regular air conditioner went out Ugh. um and then also i installed like a uh, a window air conditioner uh-huh. and that also that went out and bought somewhere like midway down baja so <sighs> it'd been a week since we had like any air conditioning whatsoever um so we spent a few days repairing both of them and then and then from then on out you know once you have ac you're fine right you're actually like you feel guilty because that you ever ever every other travel travelers over there like you know you see them like with these little four inch fans at night and you're, you're over there like running a generator and blasting full of air and you yeah. feel like it's a little cool <laughs> but it's but at the same time it's like you're getting such good sleep you're like it's it's so worth it which 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 is a good way to talk about how like how important rest is on the road like traveling yeah, like yeah. that driving For and sure. Like getting a good night's rest is like super crucial because you don't want to be out in the world fucking all no sleep and just you know you you get this like fucking malaise you're in this malaise you're just like in this cloud all day and <clears throat> yeah 
Yeah, like the other night we were parked in New Orleans and we parked like down in the French Quarter. I, I like drove up on the curb so the thing was level and we just like <laughs> crashed on the side of the street. Nice. And people were like out 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 right outside of our rig just like yelling and screaming at each other all night. I like must have slept like two hours at the most. <laughs> it's like and, and this is like yeah, and that's like in the middle of like a couple of ten hour days on the road and oh. yeah, it kills you. Yeah. You, you gotta have that. Yeah, sure. like, especially it, when you're traveling down south, because it's it's also just like a, a mental thing. Once you start traveling down there, before you're really comfortable about you know every day you're you're parked park somewhere new, and, and some days you feel like oh yeah this is a really safe spot, no one's gonna you know knock on our door in the middle of the night. But in your in your head until you're like comfortable with 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 traveling down there, a lot of times you you think you're getting good sleep, but you're like almost like lucid dreaming all the time. You're like kind of always like keeping an ear out for for you know any noises or anything oh my god and and it's crazy how much that affects your sleep for sure intensely for sure like no for sure because like i i I had that same fucking issue well and plus i had like uh not only did i have my wife but i have a fucking three-year-old at the time he was a three-year-old son for sure and so there was times when i remember um I don't know where we were, but it was not in the greatest places of to be, you know, and yeah. this car pulled up behind us and like it looked like they got out of the car. They were looking at the van and like they were sitting there talking. I couldn't hear them, but they were just right behind, like right up our ass. And we were on some like uh, just some neighborhood street. And like right. I'm like, oh motherfucker, are these guys planning to break into this van? Because they were like sitting there talking, looking at the van, and I and our we have uh the tent, so they couldn't see in, but I could see their bitch asses. And so I'm sitting there, <laughs> I'm sitting there with a knife and my fucking yeah. dog, like, Kai, you better have my fucking back, bitch, because this shit might be going down. And like I'm just thinking of different ways if they try to like cause we had the windows open and they could have just right. easily slid their hand in and unlock the door and open it. But I was just like waiting for fingers to come in. I was gonna start cutting fucking fingers off and shit. Dude, it's crazy how like consuming it is like it is. and you 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 step away from that situation and and you know it was probably absolutely nothing but like, no it was because they got back in, in and drove away yeah they just drove yeah away. but they you're like talking. you're in there and you're like thinking of every little like plan of attack and like your defense and it's like you're sitting in bed and you're like your mind's just like going you know like crazy trying to think about what's going to happen next but and then like outside the truck it's like nothing <laughs> but inside you're like a total fucking mess <laughs> dude i have a i have a pretty good one from that in guatemala we were parked in in this in a downtown area and on the street and we had i had a, a motorcycle in the front of the truck like oh. a little a mini motorcycle and I, the whole time everyone like wherever we would drive no one cared about the truck they did like, they just like loved this motorcycle because it was like half, it was like a half mountain bike, half dirt bike, and the thing looked really pretty cool. It's like a unique little 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 bike, and and people down there love their bikes because like most everybody that's their mode of transportation. Yeah, you know, like like the larger scooters or smaller smaller motorcycles, that kind of thing. So everywhere we go, people would want would just gawk at this bike, and um. And so I just always thought someone was going to steal that <laughs> thing. coming to get my bike. Yeah. <laughs> and I had this like crazy fever going like, um, and I'm, I'm trying to get some rest and I wake up and the truck is just like shaking like crazy. 
like just rocking back and forth and i'm like oh man someone's pulling the bike off the front oh, shit and i had had a i had a can of bear mace that's all yes. that's like that's that's like our 100 percent defense mechanism nice. you know and my plan is always to you pop up through like the little rooftop escape oh, hatch yeah where people can't really see you right it's pretty it's high up our truck's so high it's, you know 10, 10 11 feet high you can pop out of that thing where they can't even see you and then you just fucking shower some of the air mace. <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> so that. That was always the plan. And I'm over here like delusional from this fever. Yeah. I'm grabbing this thing. I'm like, oh, this is pointing the right direction. I pop out of there expecting to to see like a couple people because the thing is rocking. Like I'm not at that point. I knew I wasn't crazy. Right. And I'm like ready. I'm ready to blast. Like this is <laughs> in the last six months. This is like the time. I'm like, it's happening. I'm finally going to shoot someone bear mace. Is that? It was after like at least fifty nights of what where you're talking about, where you think something's gonna happen, right? And in this one, I was like, okay, this is a hundred percent. I get to the top, and there's nobody out there, and I'm like, what is going on right now? And I thought it, I was like, I'm going crazy, and then, but then I see people like pouring out into the streets, and oh. I realize it's an earthquake. Oh shit! Like a heavy, it was a heavy duty earthquake, like a seven point six. Whoa! And and um and that's why the truck. Was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my fiance Colby, she she did not wake up the entire time. I I told her the story in the morning, and and um, she I was just laughing at her that she slept through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So we had, we have plenty. I have plenty of stories like that where you know you're just in your car like freaking out, and you know, um, oh man, I mean this it's. <laughs> It's so critical to have those have nights off from that. You know, yeah. you, you can only you only survive so many nights where you're you're sitting paranoid, thinking someone's gonna you know. Oh yeah, totally, break into man. the thing anytime. I, you know, it didn't help at all. But I was like smoking weed like heavily the whole time. That does, that does not help. That did that is, that not. <laughs> help at all i'm like sitting here fucking taking rips before i go to bed then waking up in the middle of the night or or fucking you know like you're just sitting there trying to go to sleep and you're just hearing noises and no it exacerbates the whole situation i think that, I think that might be the worst combination on yeah. <laughs> i think like, so too weed and urban like, boondocking yeah. they, they're not being mixed <laughs> so so I remember when we were in uh, San Diego and I was just, we were kind of talking about the same thing about like, oh my God, being sort of, um, you know, just sort of being trip tripping out about certain areas you decide to camp at. And you were telling me that America, being in America was a little bit more sketchier than you felt in like South America or Central America. Definitely. Uh, you, you guys made it down to Central, right? You didn't go down all the way to South. Yeah. Yeah, we we went to Panama and oh, then okay. turned around. Nice. Yeah. So so was <laughs> so so did did you have more of those moments then? Did you in America than you did down there? Yeah, I mean the tough thing about up here is that just people are so protective of their property. Mm. Um, you really have to be confident that you're in a place that you know um, isn't private property, and you know we used to be more. Um, I guess relaxed about it than we are now. Um, you know, we used to go camping out and, uh, I would just find like, look on Google or Google maps, the satellite and just be like, Oh, you know, there's a spot down like this dirt road and who knows who land, whose land it is, but there's nothing for miles. We'll just go here. 
and I used to be a lot more comfortable about it. And then, um, um, I don't know, I, maybe it was just a mental thing, but, um, I, I, I'm much happier now to just like, just to go in some like residential street parking than I am to, to risk driving onto someone's property. I just feel like, I mean, I know how, I know how certain places in the States, how people feel about their property. And I, I'm, I am like very much, um, against making that risk anymore. Yeah, like, no. we did it. We did it. We did it for like a few months, almost a year and felt okay about it. And now it's like, I don't know. I just can't, I can't, I couldn't sleep anymore. It's well, just, it's weird. Nothing happened. That's yeah, the crazy yeah. thing. Nothing happened. Just something, maybe Trump becoming president. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> realizing <laughs> that more fucking crazy people are in this country than I, than I thought, ever thought. Maybe you're I in think the that South. Could have been a big part of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely certain areas, you know, um, but I don't know. It, it really, any state, um, I just feel like people, and, and a big part of it was also being down in, in Mexico and Central America and realizing how people really don't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I got back, I was like, yeah, people care here. Like you got to watch, you got to watch where you're parking. Like you can't just plop down on some place. And, and even though it's in the middle of nowhere and you know, you're not bothering anybody and, and think you're okay. And, and I, and, and it's just, I, I feel badly that it, that it's, that my mentality is like that, but it, it is. Um, so we've been much happier to risk like breaking local ordinances about about you know street sleep, sleeping in your car on the street than we have been about risking um not knowing whose land we're on kind of thing no i feel you man because yeah. i remember when i showed I, I took Raina to where i was like grew up and which is like in this little town in michigan called jasper michigan and we were out in the middle of nowhere, I was on this dirt road, and I was we were just driving. I was just showing her where I used to go and like burn shit down at. And right. I'm sorry, what? No, I just was, yeah, I was saying. Oh, sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's this dude just walking in the middle of this fucking big open field with a shotgun, and it's like, right. yeah, that's just how it is around here. Like, so when you're out in these like fuck it, out in the middle of nowhere, it's like the people who are out in the middle of nowhere are usually toting fucking guns and they are not cool with fucking people. You know, like I, I, yeah. I, I know exactly yeah. the type of people I, that's where I grew up in this like very, uh, small little place where there's nothing for miles around. And, and people are real weird about you coming. They don't even want you walking through their front yard. You know, it's like they'd yeah, rather walk sure. on the main highway, the only street that runs through the shitty town. They'd rather you dodge cars than go on their fucking front lawn. So it, it gets weird. Yeah. It, it does get weird. Yeah, so yeah, you know, you know. And oh, I, I grew up know. in the same same. I grew up in the same kind of town. Where mm. um, yeah, it really depends on who owns the land. You, you don't either. There are people who really never care or there are people who really freak out about something like that yeah but it's tough like the u.s is tough i mean there's just not a lot of options because you know you you follow the rules and you go to like some state park and, and they want like 40 50 bucks for a night yeah and, um <laughs> it's, just, it's a tough place to it's a tough place to, to do the van life i mean central Mex- mexico and central america are it's it's like a breeze like finding a comfortable place to stay at night is it's it's so easy to do down there and um it's just it's just a weird thing that um that's such a tough thing to do here and you know there's just a lot of rules here and there's a lot of a lot of private property that people just don't like like you on 
So, <laughs> I just so we, don't like you on that. We end up at, that's why we end up in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, now, have you been to like a store and security comes knocking? Have you been in that situation where you just got knocked and you know, like the knock on the door? Yeah, I hate the knock on the door. Yeah, I don't. Either. I got a, a really funny knock on the door. We uh, we were in California and we we're um, trying to make it up to this. There's there's a really cool thing in California. It's, you can get a permit for um, for these. Um, it's basically like um, I forget what the, the actual. It's like recreational vehicles, uh, like off road vehicles, where people go in like four wheel and dirt bike and and drive, you know, off road jeeps and whatnot. And, and they have um, like open camping where you don't need a reservation or anything. So you, you buy like this like forty dollar pass, and it opens you up to um, probably like you know near a hundred or so campgrounds throughout California. That's right. It's I really do. pretty cool. I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were trying to make it to one of those, and it was after a show we played at Riverside Municipal, um, and and it was pouring out, and and we're we like I found I just found some dirt road which was like a shortcut on on google maps and we start heading up this thing and, and there's like there's like it's just like a mudslide we're like barely scraping our way up this up this crazy this crazy road and we get to the top and there's a gate a locked gate and it's like now it's like three thirty in the morning and um so i'm like i guess this is where we're camping right and so we're in the middle of nowhere and this guy's just like banging on the door in the morning oh and he God. was pissed yeah, he was one of the rangers up there, and he was absolutely pissed. <laughs> and it's just a, it's a, I mean, it, it would be way worse. It's way worse in the middle of the night when you have to move. But, yeah, um, totally. But, uh, yeah, anytime someone bangs on the door, you just, you just like get this pit in your stomach. You right, know? right. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's not a good feeling. You just feel not. very, you feel very vulnerable in that, in those, in those moments. Yes, yes. I mean, because you are. You're super vulnerable. Yeah. And then you got to, like, fucking drive somewhere else, try to find where, you know, like, you're you're yeah. you're half asleep. You have to drive, like, you might have to drive, like, 40 miles or 100 miles to the next fucking place that seems like it's going to be okay to pull over. Exactly, exactly. It, it gets... Yeah, it, that's, that's the worst situation. <laughs> so, did you have, did you, you, you didn't have a lot of those in Central America or Mexico? Oh, uh, none. I don't, none. can't think of any. Wow. I mean, we, we'd pull up to some, you know, random beach. And, I mean, the, the great thing about Mexico and Central America is that um, all the beaches are, you know, like nobody owns beachfront. So um, if you can get down to the beach, if you can get access to the beach, usually no one's going to bother you. But even even after we'd find a little spot on the beach, I would walk around and I would I would talk with like the locals there and just be like, or usually there's a restaurant. Like restaurants are always awesome to park out in front of because you, you talk to them a bit and you're like, yeah, yeah, we'll grab breakfast here in the morning. And and once you kind of build that relationship that they know you're staying there, that um, you know it's a small community, you, you feel pretty comfortable. Um, I mean, that's not to say that there aren't like um, you know people out partying and drinking and, and those situations are, are only the only situations where you feel a little bit uncomfortable just because you look kind of like a, you're, you know, you stick out. Well, yeah. <laughs> and you have an American, you have American license plate, you know, your car yeah. is not like theirs at all. And you're, right. Exactly. You're, you look completely different. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing. I mean, it was, you know, 
eight, eight or ten months, not a single situation where where um, we felt really threatened by anybody. Um, yeah, and you just, you're smart, but you're smarter about things down there too. I think. Um, well, I, at least you are at the beginning. I <laughs> think towards the end, we we got pretty comfortable. Yeah, um, just pulling up to, pulling up to any random beach and and crashing out for the night. But um, I mean, it's just you you spend time down there, you just realize like people really look out for each other down there. It's it's there's even if you're American, even if you have money, and they don't like people people just look out for each other in general. It seems um, a lot, and it, it was definitely like this community feel, um, especially when you're in the rural the rural coastal towns. Um, you know, people, there's a, it's a small community and, and people, everybody knows each other and it seems like everybody looks out for each other and, and the whole like traveler, um, thing where, you know, Americans and, and a lot of Germans and people from all over the world driving down the Pan American highway. It's like, it's kind of become a regular thing where people are like, you know, this is good. This brings, this brings money through and, and, and people like look out for you because of that. And, um, and also just cause it's just in their nature, you know, mm. uh, people down there, they just, they just have that natural tendency of, of having, uh, um, you know, having compassion for each other. And, and I think it's cause they've been, a lot of those places have been through a lot and, uh, it's kind of just built into their, their culture now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you suffer as a people, as a whole people, like you tend to watch out for those who like yeah. were in the trenches with you. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Americans, I don't know if we've been in the trenches a whole lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> like our, our first reaction is like, is not, uh, we don't have the first, you know, natural reaction the same way that no, they do. No, we're, we're worried about the AC. Where is the AC going to be working tonight? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, that's, that's important. But no, that, that's interesting. <laughs> that That's very interesting. And then how you're, you, and, and, I, and I could see how then where you go down, to like these places where you kind of went into it uh, a little bit more guarded than you came out of it um, and then coming back here and then having sort of that culture shock of like hey who are you get the fuck away from me you know <laughs> like like we're yeah there was there was definitely some culture shock you know and it was just a it was a weird time to come back to the state um just you know there, there's a lot of contention a lot of like a lot of like um i don't know a lot of tension in between between fellow Americans. It's a and 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 it was especially being away from it for so long. It it was like it was noticeable for sure. You know what? So. What were one of the first? Like, what was some of the most like notable um, differences or like just the way that it affected you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was just in my head. But, no, no. You know, you well, no. I, I understand. Yeah. You're, maybe you're still you're still <laughs> processing that too. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird how the brain I, works. It just processes shit over fucking years and years. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Stupid yeah. Brain. I mean, I just feel like in general, just the the landscape here just feels a little bit more on edge than it has in a long mm. time. And 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 I really, I just noticed that coming back. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it's even just it's even just traveling and talking to my family. Like, you know, half everyone everyone just seems on edge. Is the way it feels about just the the state of affairs in the country and and. And, um, it, like, no matter what, what political side you're on, it just seems like both sides are, they feel like in this very defensive mode and, um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's just, I swear it was something that I, I could, I could feel coming back to it. And maybe it was here when I left and I'm sure it was, but it, it just felt different after being away from it for a while. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I could totally see that when you're taken out of that, especially because I'm sure you weren't, were you like uh, staying uh, up on current events while you're out there or were you just very like in the yeah, like now? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I kind of, I was, but it, it, just, it just didn't, it didn't impact me the same, I guess, because right. I was so far away. But yeah, I mean, I, I've, my family has been in politics for a, 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 you know, a big part of my dad's life was politics. My, my brother's, um, career has been built around politics and and so i've i've followed you know u.s politics for ah, for a long time you know, so before, you're a little bit more involved it, than you even want to be before it was so exciting yeah. before before it was like a before you know, in the before, before time. the ratings before the ratings were so good before right the ratings exactly. were better. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no you're right man because it's definitely changed i mean it's definitely a, a whole different fucking feel to it than i even remember as a kid uh, yeah exactly yeah politics used to be boring uh, you remember when that was yes. remember when politics was boring yeah government <laughs> was a boring subject at school right now yeah now with the yeah. ratings <laughs> now it's a fucking yeah. now it's a reality tv show yeah yeah the ratings are great but <laughs> i'm hoping hoping things get boring again soon we'll see that would be nice will. that'd be nice yeah. if everybody wasn't so like up that ass <laughs> that right. that politics ass it's so, yeah and like yesterday it was funny i went to this um i went to a, a a birthday party for my son and uh and this is out in uh it's rural ohio you know where i live is not rural i live close to a city but like where we were going was considered rural rural um and it really starts to show like it's weird like and, and like all of his friends uh well anyways his it, it was just weird talking to the parents because all of a sudden they start talking about how like all the people with welfare are coming into our town and uh and then they have the little um you know the old school um the old old uh, uh figurines of little black kids with the uh, exaggerated lips and like the big buggy yep. eyes they had like yep. one of those like coming out of a watermelon up on display on their fucking shelf and um wow. and then they're talking about how they le- accidentally left their gun cabinet open and it's like I'm not against I'm not against guns I-, I actually want one but my wife won't let me have one which is okay I probably shouldn't have one anyways but Bear, I'm not, bear spray. That's a good alternative. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not against it's got a guns. trigger and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not against it or anything like that or hunting or anything. But uh, it's just you put all these things together, right? Like the, the 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 people on welfare are coming in here and and ruining our school districts. And <laughs> you know, you have right. the little figurine. You have gun talk. Okay. Uh, so I'm seeing a pattern here and it's fucking frightening because this is who my kid is going to school with. Like these are the people that are, that yeah. are and whether or not they vote, whoever they voted for, whatever, I don't even care. The fact that all these are, are, are something that I noticed is, um, 
I don't know. Like I, I even feel like me uh, as someone who's open-minded, even, you know, I have friends who voted for Trump. I mean, it's affected me in like a high tension way because now I'm like worried about who the fuck my kids are going to school with because, because, because of this like crazy political divide where, where people do feel like they could just sort of let their, uh, their nonchalant racism just out of the bag and shit, you know, like, they right. don't, like they, yep. they've gotten full license to do that. And I have, my, I have a black wife and a black son. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, what do you even fucking do with that? <laughs> like, like I, I don't even want them to go to school in this district just because of this one, these one set of family, this one family. That, yeah. And now I'm like, yeah. Now I mean, I'm that's like, t- that's a tough situation. And, and when you have kids, it's like it, it affects you on a whole nother level. A whole nother you level. Know, it's, yeah it's so like the tensions are high for everybody (laughs) and um i I don't know man it's just gotten weird but but i I do want to hear more about this central america thing man like what what were some of the things that you sort of learn about that culture and like besides you know being like friendly and like you know what once you like break down the barrier of stranger like you know they're welcoming is like is there anything else that you sort of like uh, glean from that that through your travels. Yeah, I mean, well, there there's lots of different pockets of I don't know interested things to reflect on. I mean, I mean to be honest, most most people down there are live a you know a very and 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 I have to preface it with that with with that we drove down the coast. Like one of our you know my one of my main missions was to surf my face off the entire time. Like <laughs> I was in the water like you know six hours a day. That was a, that was a good day for me. Nice. And um and so when you're in these coastal towns, most most of the coastal towns are really rural, mm-hmm. and and so most of the people there live re- you know like a really pretty simple life. They they have like they're either um, fishermen or or they they they're farmers. They have like uh, livestock or um and and, and they you know they live kind of like. Um, I don't know. It reminded me a lot of like a lot of like the rural Vermont families I grew up with, where where your your life was, you know, the land and and the plants and animals around you, and that's all you really needed to get by. Um, and they and they're doing it down there on a much you know smaller scale. You know, a lot of these Vermont farms, you know, are big farms where it's all, you know you're waking up every morning early and you're running this big business, almost kind of thing. But but um, yeah, people you know people are really good about living off living off the land and, and, you know, living off, uh, what they can get out of the land, you know, living really modestly. And, and, and that was the biggest takeaway for us for the whole trip was just like, wow, you know, we've been living, we've been living off a lot more than we need these last years. And so that's been a really good reset button. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's really what you see when you drive down there is that, you know, people live pretty, pretty simple lives and, um, and then you see some of these areas where, where tourism has really got their hooks into the places and, and, and the contrast of two is just really kind of sad. Um, you know, it's the locals don't do as well because usually it's like foreign or American investment and they kind of get, you know, pushed aside and end up having to do these really lower income jobs or, or not even maybe, maybe it's, not but maybe it's not lower income because you know in there in the other uh local areas they're they're really not you know making money it's more about you know they're 
generating themselves what they needed to survive and do well. And it seemed just like people did so much better in those situations when mm-hmm. it came to them trying to mix with like the, the tourism markets, they just kind of got left to the wayside and really had to, um, um, work hard to, to survive in those areas just because it gets really expensive to live there for, mm-hmm. for anybody in the surrounding areas. Um, you know, they're at the, um, whim of whatever their gringo bosses decide to pay them for wages. And, and, um, and there are a lot of other kind of sad things that you see from the tourism, um, tourist areas too, is just like a lot of tourist areas on the coast are, are built around, um, good surf spots. Mm-hmm. And and the surf culture has just been a really bad thing for for local kids um, and just for the culture in general. Um, you, you get a lot of surfers, you know, in their twenties, and, and they they go down there to like party super hard. They're, they they treat women, you know, not great. They're, they're out of the bars, and they all they want to do is hook up with chicks. And 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 the locals, the local kids see this, and they're like, you know, this is. This is what cool. They they idolize it. They want to right. become surfers. They want to spend all their money to get an iPhone, even though like they could never afford a, you know a data plan. But like all they want is an iPhone. That's all they're thinking about all the time. Yeah. And and then they go out to these clubs and they you know treat women poorly. And and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of influence of the surf, surf culture that's really sad to see down there. Hmm. And. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I'm sure there's you, you a know, lot. You, you could write you, you could write a book on 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 like the the different the different cultures and the different pockets down there and and how you know tourism and has affected the different areas and um I don't know it's just it's 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 interesting but um I, I was really you know kind of bummed to see a lot of these tourist area areas which i'd heard such good things about and then you go and you live in them for a little bit and you're like wow there's just some a lot really a lot of bad influences going on both economically and culturally and so some of them you know some of these pockets happen to work out really nicely where everyone kind of wins at the end of the day and 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 you never know until you get to one and you sit there and you 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 meet the people you talk to them you see and you you kind of see the day-to-day and 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 who knows why one ends up working out and the next one doesn't, but you know, sometimes it's a beautiful thing and sometimes it's a pretty, pretty ugly thing. So mm. you just learn, you, you roll into every city kind of with this or every little town with this totally like, uh, what's, what's, what's this going to be all about? And you don't know until you really sit there and, 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 and live it for a little while. So did, well, were you, were you able, like after a while, did you, well, I'll just tell you how it was for me. Did you start like immediately mapping areas and like like knowing an area became more I mean, I'm not I guess not easier, but like you just sort of I don't know, like I would always every time I'd pull into a new place, I would always like um like I would immediately I started like mapping shit out and like remembering landmarks and like and just and just getting my sense of direction down. Did 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 you did that sort of happen for you or were you more like you know I'm just gonna figure it out as we go or like I I don't know. I don't I've know always ex- been yeah I've always been all about that. I've always been like a very analytical mapping it out in my head kind of person. Yeah. But I also you know a lot of the places I I. I had been to before oh, okay. um, like a lot of, I've done a lot of trips through Mexico and Central America and, 
And so I already had like this kind of map all, all filled out in my head, just these like these little blank sections, you know? Um, and so that was the cool part was like finally filling in all of those unknown areas. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I'd flown in, you know, I'd flown into Mexico and Central America on m- many occasions and I would rent a car and I would, I would drive the coast and I'd like really learn the area. And, um, so like linking them all together in one big trip and, and filling in all those blanks were, was really pretty cool. Oh yeah. So yeah. you guys, um, so you guys took a little break and you guys, uh, when you got back and y- you were in Vermont, Last time I talked to you, well, you were we were in San Diego, but like you had been stationed in Vermont, and you guys drove out of Vermont. It's like, so what's your plans now? Like, what would you what do you guys see yourself doing now? Well, we planned we we got to Panama. And we were planning on shipping the car into South America and continuing traveling. Oh, um, yeah. And then um, my sister, she's like kind of this very intuitive, connected person, and she decided that we would do this family get together in Oregon in, um, June. Oh, okay. And, and she, I was like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this, the timing couldn't be worse. But she like, <laughs> she was like adamant. She's like, this is the only time the family's going to be together. And I was like, all right. And so we're thinking about just flying back and leaving the truck down there. And then we ended up just deciding to take, you know, to put the trip on pause and, and to ship the car back to Seattle we put the car on a boat, shipped it back. Oh, wow. And then we flew home. And it all just kind of worked out in the in the right way because we, we showed up and um, my dad was gonna was flying out and he was going to do like a road trip with us before we did the family reunion. And I was going to um, have him, uh, I was excited for him to meet uh, my girlfriend's family who lives up in Bellingham, north of Seattle. And um, we had this big road trip planned out and he showed up at the airport and and when I saw, I hadn't seen him, you know, I talked to him on the phone a million times, so I hadn't seen him in like a year and a half um, or a year. I think it was a year at that point. Yeah. And when I saw him get off the plane, I was in, in the airport. I was like, holy shit, like he's not winning the cancer battle. Mm-hmm. And and that, and so that was like really clear to me that, that, um, you know, such a good, good reason for us to come back home. So, yeah. So we ended up doing our family reunion and then, uh, and then I got a call maybe only like three weeks after that and he was in the hospital. And, um, so I flew home and basically took care of him the last month of his life. So, um, it was just a really lucky timing because, uh, our last month together was, was, I mean, I can't imagine not having that. That's beautiful. Because, yeah, it was, it was really special. So, yeah, so that's, that's why we were in Vermont for so long. I, I spent about a month taking care of him and then there was a, just a whole shit ton of, things to take care of after that with, yeah you know a house and it's so well, yeah it's so crazy how i don't know it's like i feel like when you're following the right path now this is going to sound woo woo and fucking hippy dippy and shit <laughs> but like also living in a van and camping in fucking in seattle on the sidewalk is like you know fucking hippy dippy as fuck anyway so <laughs> i guess we're yeah. we're already in that realm of fucking hippy dippy so uh, but but it, yeah, it's, we're there. We're already there. <laughs> we're deep. We're balls deep. Um, but the but it's it's weird how like when you're following, I don't know if it's the right path. What the fuck is the right path of life? I mean, but like when you're on this, when you're following this like unknown, uncharted 
just sort of like you're flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, like things tend to sort of just fall in the order they're they seem just supposed to fall in. You know what I mean? Like you were supposed to be yeah, there. Big like big when time. we got back into town from my family, like like my aunt is sick and my mom needed help and like like the family was in fuck you know not not like not like in turmoil as in like people are fighting but like just lots right. of illness and there was a lot of things that there was a lot of shit that needed to be tended to and i kind of came here at the at a perfect time to where i was where i am still able to really help my family and um yeah, like so like last time we were supposed to do one of these, I canceled and it ended up my my aunt, she ended up passing away and it was uh, it was weird. It was just a weird um cuz she she uh she wanted to uh she didn't want to she didn't want an obituary out. She didn't want anybody at the funeral. There was like and specifically certain people not at the funeral cuz she was that kind of <laughs> my tia Emily who is this like angry little Mexican woman who was the shit, but she was a very cantankerous old woman. Um but right. when she went she she wanted she was on to die in obscurity and that really fucked with me for some reason. I don't know why and I'm still yeah. processing yeah. it, but it's just like it's such a weird thing is like to be to uh i don't know it, it it's just you know dealing with death is always awkward and weird it's never like yeah it's never a simple thing but it was just no it's always different the way but, you process it the way the way it all unfolds and yeah man so, yeah sometimes it sometimes it, you, you it just doesn't happen the right way and it it, it can mess with you for a long time you know oh, and sure. um yeah but uh yeah i mean there was one thing you know kind of on the, the hippie dippy side of yeah things, yeah sorry i got I, sidetracked i, I truly <laughs> believe like I truly believe that, um, you know, part of the, the big advantage of, you know, living a simpler nomadic life on the road is that, you know, it really strips away a lot of the distractions that you have. Um, you know, when, when you're living in one place for a long time and you build up all these relationships, you build up all these responsibilities, you know, you have all these distractions in your head and, and as soon as you can kind of, get rid of a lot of those, then it becomes a lot more clear what, what like the natural path should be, you know, your, your gut, your gut becomes a lot clearer to, to hear. And, and, um, and for us, that, that was a huge thing about this trip is, you know, I was in, in San Diego for over 10 years and, um, you just become in, especially such a hyper social place like San Diego, you just become so filled with, you know, uh, list of friends and things to do and then all your all your passions on top of that that um you can really lose that that good like listening to your gut connection you know it's really easy to lose so yeah man. i mean that was one, that was one of the big advantages of, of for us of, of getting on the road was getting getting back to that and I, and I totally believe that even if i was in san diego and you know, way closer than panama with le- way less big plans of you know crossing over to south america I still think if I was in San Diego, I probably would have wouldn't have had the same, um, you know, the gut reaction to to go, you know, drop everything and go help out the family. Yeah. Um, you get yeah, you get the, caught up in the momentum of your life. Up. You get caught up. Yeah. And and yeah. that was sure. like you know being away from San Diego, and I liked your term hypersocial because that's that was perfect, but like. Um, you're always so fu- you're in motion all the time and 
and for us it was we're in motion all the time because we're trying to hustle up money for rent to live three blocks from the beach you know so it's like yeah um you you, for me like it was the hardest thing to step away from that and like move away from that because i was so wrapped up into it and then once i got here where things are much slower um you i i not only did i find sort of like a clarity that i was missing out there but i also found that like um that i was able to concentrate on fucking like my craft like i've become a better musician i've become a better father i've been uh become a better husband um I don't know. It was like you you step away, you strip down everything. Because when, once we got here, we didn't have shit either. We didn't have like furniture. Thank God my mom had a house that was fully furnished that she wasn't using. Uh, so so that's sort of where we fell in. But like we didn't have shit. I didn't have any musical equipment. I didn't have shit going on. So you, you sort of like strip away all this stuff that you feel like that you have all this attachment to like your and people and you know situations and and like i had i was like you know i had my studio that i i I lost which i still heartbroken about that but i you know i had my house and like i just i loved everything about my life out there and and um but it I, I love the idea of that, but I, I don't think I was taking time to like appreciate myself, like care about myself or like really appreciate my family, you know, like or appreciate what I did. I, I sort of was just railroading my way through it all. And I, right. I didn't yeah, really exactly going. You're just like, we yeah. gotta keep this shit going. And like, that I held a lot of, a lot of energy. You know? It does. constant energy and and so when you do step away from that you you just you you see what's important and you see what's not important at all (laughs) and um and i think that's I, i think that's the biggest thing that i took away from traveling and selling or giving away or throwing away all my shit is fucking is just noticing myself and like taking time to like figure myself out so i can like be a better whatever it is that i want to be in life you know like i want to be a better dad i want to be a better husband i want to be a better musician and and and, like i want to be better for me too you know like it it just for it that's what it was for me it was like oh you need to fucking take care of yourself you need to tend your own garden so you can like be that you be that what you want to be for other people or to other people i don't know yeah Definitely. And, and, you know, a lot of those things, um, you know, you may strip away a lot of the things, but then, you know, you really realize what are those things that, that stick. Like for me, I was like unsure if I ever wanted to get back into music at all. But when I was down there on the road, I was like, it was like the one thing I seriously missed. So oh. when I got back, I was like, I need to get back into that. Like that's, it told me that, that, that I wasn't ready to be done with that whole part of my life. So yeah, it it is. I mean, it's 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 tough to to live the grind and and at the same time really dig deep and and know, hey, are these things adding to my life? Are these what I should be focusing on? I mean, you got to step away. So totally. Um, so then, yeah. So then, what are you guys planning on being on the road now for a while now? No, I mean we're we're right now actually. We've so after Vermont, we we drove down to Florida, and uh, my family had has a condo down there. So we we did some remodel work on it, and then 
Um, and then we drove, uh, we left there only like you know, a week ago and, and we're basically driving straight to San Diego where we're going to spend the winter. Oh, nice. um, I'm gonna start, yeah. I'm going to start working at the music box again oh. and, um, put some new energy into the band, try to get things, uh, really rolling with the band again. Are you, uh, are you going to be joining the band again or are you going to be just manage it, managing? I'm, I'm going to be, uh, doing some of the shows, but probably not most of them. So, um, so I, just, I don't think I we don't even really mentioned have energy to be like full time touring oh, yeah. again. But well, I did. I I don't even think we mentioned the band name uh, Red Knot Chili Peppers. Uh, John John is the manager, and you're the basically the proprietor of it, right? Like it's like your yeah, business. I, I I started it ten years ago. Well, it'll be ten years next year. So, and I think that's part of that part of the reason as well is I I you know just. I think about like how much energy you put in 10 years into a project and I'm and and that's another reason why I really want to, you know, really put some energy into it and see if I can get, get back from that energy before I'm like, okay, you know, I'm ready to finally pass this off to someone else right. who, who has, the, who has the energy because before I left, I, I really lost, I was done with the energy. I was like, <laughs> I can't put, I can't put another thing into this or it's going to kill me. Right. Um, but then stepping away from things, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's been 10 years, just some nostalgia with it. And, um, I'm going to put some, some new, new life into it. And, and if, if things react the way I hope them to, then, then great. And if they don't, then I'll feel comfortable letting the business go. So that's kind of where I am right now. That's cool. Um, and, and it's cool that you, you got this, your, uh, your musician fire kind of got lit up again because you are a great bass player. Like that's like, like you, you, you talk about, you talk about all the things that you've done at the core of this, since this is a music podcast, Johnny is a <laughs> badass bass player and a surfer and a boondocker and a business owner and a fucking engineer, right? Definitely, Weren't you doing definitely engineering? more professional bum now than anything. Professional yeah, bum. I, 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 I did, I did, uh, I did engineering for, you know, 12 years. Yeah. So and I awesome almost, engineer. the crazy thing is I almost got dragged back into it just in the last couple of months. I came really close to accepting an, an engineering job, which was kind of thrown at me in a weird way. And, um, it's a really cool job, but I just, it, I'm glad it didn't go through just cause I'm not quite ready to jump headfirst yeah. back into the, into that stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a bummer about that. That's what I love about music versus engineering is that, engineering it's like it's it's either on or off like you're the, either in this thing 100 percent or or not you can't like just straddle the line really so <laughs> yeah um, so i mean yeah I'm, I'm just really trying to make the, the red knot thing work for me you know get some of the play time that i want but also make the business work um it, you know it just takes it takes a lot of energy to make music work as a business oh, make yes. the numbers work for everybody and um you can't you can't like just do a half ass and expect anything from it because it's not going to happen yeah totally. um so yeah i'm excited i'm excited to put new energy into it and, and the, another crazy thing is i'm um bringing on a, a new front man all the way from uh sao paulo brazil oh who shit. i have who i have quite the past experience with which is a story from another time but i basically okay. toured with him in 2008 i think 2007 2008 and um things didn't go so well <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was my first international tour my first time ever in brazil and it was just 
it was just chaos from day one. And it took us many years of swearing at each other by email after that to, <laughs> to the point where we're, we're to the point where we could actually talk. And then we started talking again. And you know, this guy is like incredible at what he does. There's no one else out there in the world that puts that much energy into a, a, a chili pepper tree band. And he puts a lot of like really genuine energy. Like he's just a hardcore fan. And, um, and, and it really comes, it really shows in, in, um, in his performance. And, and, you know, to be honest, when I went down there in 2008, I, I accredit him, the, my glimpse into his, the way he ran things was probably one of the main reasons that the band ended up doing well was because I saw that, you know, in order to actually do this project right, it really has to come from a place of absolute passion. You know, yeah. you have to find people who are like absolutely bonkers for the Chili Peppers to make it work out on the stage, to make people in the audience be like, wow, I'm actually experiencing something, something genuine. And, um, you know, it's, it's both live music, but it's, it's covers, but it's also it has to have that genuine gut feeling like that you're watching something that is, is performed from the right state of mind so you know before that it was like the chili pepper thing was just kind of like fun it was just like a fun party thing for me and that worked for san diego but yeah. it didn't work for the rest of the country you know <laughs> a lot a lot of the other areas that they, they wanted they wanted that genuine that that feeling in their gut that they were watching something that came from a place of like true appreciation for the music and um and so that's really what i learned touring in brazil with him but the logistics of brazil in 2008 just fell fell apart and we, we were at each other's throats and 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 it was like you know one of those tours that you could write a hilarious script to for a movie and watch you know adult male men break down and and become like chimpanzees throwing shit at each other so that's where we were and that, that was years ago and it, it took many many years for us to, to start communicating again and and so that yeah it's a crazy thing if he shows up here in a few weeks the, the u.s and um we're all meeting up in colorado and doing a run through colorado and then taking it from there seeing seeing how things go and and just trying to really put a lot of new energy into the band and and see if see how it responds and see how people respond and yeah it's exciting it's exciting to like have have a, a new uh motivation for for the business yeah man that's 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 awesome man that's really cool that you're able to like start one place where you're just like i am so fucking done with this until like like man i just i want to get back at it and like really fucking run with it so are you guys going to i mean like is are you guys planning on traveling more in the future or is it are you guys kind of putting that to rest for now or are you or or yeah, as a, as a band for sure. Just um, as a band, but I'm tra traveling I'm, way more for oh oh you mean yeah for the, for uh, yeah for you for personally. yeah yeah. But as the yeah, band I mean, too, my, I mean, my we can go my big my big my our big concept right now, and it's kind of what we've been thinking about, like sitting back and be like, hey, what do we want now that we've kind of reset our lives? What what do we what ideally what does what does our life look like? And we really want to spend you know. um it's hard for us to imagine being on the road full time, but we do really want to spend um, time between San Diego and the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, mm. and just kind of hop back and forth. It's always been a dream of mine to have like seasonal places of living, you know, <laughs> just because like 
That's awesome. It, it, you, you get you get to enjoy some things about some areas, but then it you is. you don't you don't get stuck in like the you don't get totally consumed by the the, the grind in in one place, and yeah. and then you can switch it up. So we're we're working on. Uh, Ideally, I'd like to, you know, spend winters working on music in San Diego. I have a number of ideas um, for the music box that I really want to try out. And um, I'm also been working on the new uh, first year festival last year. It was called Same, Same, But Different up in like Paris. Uh-huh. It was a, a two day festival um, that Brad Sweet uh, one of the, and, uh, and Peter Ecker put on. And, um, so yeah, really working with those guys on, on trying to make that work through the help them with the festival and also work locally on some ideas here or in San Diego in the winters. And then, and then the summers we're planning on, um, starting, uh, like a tiny home Airbnb community type thing Oh shit! Up in the Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, a tiny so, home fucking Airbnb community. Yeah. <laughs> that is very specific and awesome. Yeah, oh. so we're just looking for a plot of land to build a bunch of small homes and you know rent them out. Do you know how to build in... homes? I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> I think I, I think do. I can knock it out. I have YouTube, so yeah. <laughs> I think that's all I need. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, right. If you can learn how to play guitar from YouTube, you can learn how to fucking build a house yeah. from YouTube. Exactly. Hey, I exactly. learned how to fix my car from YouTube. Kind oh, of. Believe me. Yeah. Believe me. I, I mean, I've learned 100% how to work on Land Rovers <laughs> through the internet, and I had no clue. I mean, I was a Subaru guy forever, so I had to. I had to really learn that stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the plan, and that's, and that's I, I've always been kind of into real estate. I had a couple of uh, home, houses in San Diego, both rentals, and um, I still have one of them, and. Real estate for me is just, you know, one of those just really easy kind of no brainers. You know, I mean, you can get, you can get beat up in real estate, but it's really hard to, you got to make some, you got to make pretty bad decisions. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's one of those really easy investments where you can get pa- passive cash flow, which is, you know, really my goal in life is to maximize that. Yeah. And, um, maximize um and, and also build build equity you know so it's just a it's a really it's like a win-win kind of investment yeah the hard thing you know with real estate is like if you're a professional bum like i am like <laughs> bankers just don't like the money yeah so it was it was a lot easier when i was an engineer and had you know 12 years of income history right <laughs> it's like well so I'm, that, I'm, that'll be a challenge i'm uh i'm gonna plan on being a full-time musician again and i live in my truck what you're right, not gonna give right. me five hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> like, exactly. come on, bro, it's all good. Exactly. <laughs> We're good. I'm good for it. Um, okay, so <laughs> I I I I, uh, I wanted to ask you if there was ever a time where you and I hate to use the word failed, but like I I, I don't think I think failure in life is important because that's how we learn, right? Yeah, you know. For sure. So uh, that's I want to preface this so you don't think I'm calling you a failure or anything. <laughs> uh, because no, you're obviously I'm okay, not. I'm okay admitting to some many of my failures. <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, <laughs> you know. Um, so, is there a time where you? Uh, I mean, this could be life or in music or whatever, where you failed, like a, a, a memorable time where you failed. And uh, first of all, what was it? And then kind of how did you learn from that? And um, did you learn from that? So this is a new question that I've never really asked anybody. So you're, I'm trying it out on you. Yeah. 
Um, oh yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a good, a significant one that that I can really reflect on. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would, you know, t- I talked, I kind of touched on it earlier, but um, you know, I, I put in years of work into um, a music festival in Cabo, and it it totally failed. Yeah. <laughs> and the re- and and the reason it failed was because, you know, I didn't put, I didn't make concrete. Um, I didn't have like a concrete laid out organization with the main producers. You know, I was like kind of this, this guy that, that played one, I played the festival for the first year and it was such a cool event. I was like, man, I could do some really cool things with this, with musicians from Southern California. And I got them really stoked on the idea. Um, And I just like went full steam ahead before we ever talked about like, money or you know hierarchy or you know who owns what and who's responsible for what and oh and it just turned into like uh it just like all culminated with this like disaster failure (laughs) and and us and us like butting heads i mean um it it was it was kind of a, a multifaceted thing but um but but uh I mean, essentially what happened was, uh, you know, I was supposed to bring, I was basically bringing down, I was responsible for bringing down six bands all the way from San Diego, driving through Cabo or through Baja all the way down to Cabo, which is kind of a feat in itself. Cause you're talking about like 30 musicians, you have like four, four cameramen. And then you're dealing with like all of the chaos of, of trying to organize and continue people doing this really massive drive. It's, it's really, you know, it's, um, it's, a, you know, like a three day drive right. and, and you always run into chaos on that road. <laughs> There's always something that, something that goes wrong. And right before we left, we were packing, um, it was the band Hyrie. They're, um, we were packing their brand new, uh, trailer and we just kept on having, we had so much gear. We kind of pack it in and then thing got so overloaded and uh, I was supposed to somehow fit a, a Leslie amp for Donovan Frankenweiter in there. And I was like, I hit up the producers like, this is not happening. And I never heard back from them. And then from then on, and then I was on the road in Mexico and it was just like, it is what it is. <laughs> so that, that is showing, so showing up without that Leslie, which I'm glad we didn't have. Cause we ended up leaving like a week after this, after um, a hurricane tore through Baja. Oh, shit. and actually I had the, I had the embassy, U S embassy, the U S embassy in Tijuana call me because because they knew about the festival and they, and they, you know, there are like, you know, 5,000 people at, that would attend the festival. And this is, this is on the heels of Hurricane o- Odile. And I don't know if I pronounced that right, but where, where, you know, Americans were stuck in Baja for like weeks. They, wow. they couldn't get anybody in or out. They were stuck after this major hurricane that really devastated the whole, all of Baja. And so it created this huge, you know, national shit storm for them. And so I had the embassy calling me like, we left being like, Hey, What's, what's your guys' plan? Are you really going to hold this music festival as this like hurricane like bearing down on on Cabo? And I told him I was like, you know, the festival is not till the weekend. Everything should be cleared out by then. But then, you know, that didn't to account for the forty people that we were driving like right through the path of the thing as we were heading south. Mm-hmm. And we so we're driving down. We hit the edge and it's like starts like light raining and then everything shut down. It's like all of a sudden we're, we hit the the highway there's only one highway south and it's like 
a 40 foot river running on the highway. Oh my God. And it's like at night and we're like loading, loading, uh, uh, the cars into the back of, back of, um, big rigs and oh. the big rigs, you pay them to drive you through the river. Oh shit. And <laughs> Jesus. anyway, and it's a long story, but we ended it's up okay. not being able to, we ended up not being able to fit the, the, um, the Hyrie's, um, trailer. Cause it was so overloaded and it was wide Dang. and the truck driver was like, no, you're not putting that in the back of the truck. And so we had to like off road through, we found some local who was hammered oh. and, <laughs> And he, and this is like midnight now. And he directs us through a mountain road, like literally four wheeling mountain road. And we're like towing, towing this, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gear for six bands on this, oh, in this trailer. Shit. It was just the worst situation ever, but we ended up making it through like who knows how. And, um, I show I showed up in, in Cabo and they're like, Oh, where's the Leslie? And I'm, I like wanted to strangle the guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so we just started out on the wrong foot with that one. Yeah. Um, and, and we just were butting heads the whole time. And, and yeah, it just ended up being a big failure. You know, um, we all had expectations about what, what each of our roles were in, in the, in the event. And we, our communication was just bad. Mm. And, and then, so I took three years of work and I threw it down the drain because we just couldn't agree on whose fault it was. And, <laughs> Who, who should be the one saying I'm sorry and yeah. um and you know in Mexico they they these are big bosses you know they own big businesses they put on big events and and they, they expect people who are under them to be very um I guess obedient <laughs> and I'm not a very obedient person when it comes to uh a job that wasn't explained to me very well, you know? And, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, for, for putting on big events, it's, oh man, it just made me realize how, how communication and just being really straight up front with everybody else, you know, what's your role, what's your title, what's your position here. And, and that putting in three years of work in that project and watching it all go to crap. And, and it, it wasn't just three years of work. I mean, I've been working with these guys on other events throughout Mexico, um, you know, for like a total of six or seven years. Oh. So, it was really sad um, to see that all go down in flames just because of um, some bad communication and, and stuff like that. But how'd you handle yeah. that personally? Like, how did you handle it? Like right afterwards when it was all said and done, how were you handling it? Like just in, on a personal level? Oh yeah. It'd be, I mean, it beat me up. I, I was just like, man, do I ever want to work? Just cause you know, music, music events is just high stress work. Mm-hmm. You really have to have, such a good team and you have to have such a good relationship with everybody and um really clear understanding about what everyone's role is and and it just made me realize like hey do i ever want to put myself in that position again do i ever want to um do i ever want to put that much time and energy into something that can just like spiral out of control in five minutes mm-hmm. and and never and then and never happen again and, and so that's a really hard, and I think that every music event producer has to think about that, and, and um, you have to protect yourself. And that, and that's the thing that I think got me the worst is I I was really embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I spent that many years, um, and and I was left with nothing at the end. And mm-hmm. it was because I never sat down with them and said, "Hey, how am I protected from all this time and effort I'm putting into this?" 
you know, I just trusted them. I trusted them, you know, you know, I, I would go down to like, you know, their weddings, um, uh, of them and their, their partners. And, and I felt like part of the family and, and I didn't look at it enough like a business. And, and, um, and I felt really kind of embarrassed about that. Cause my, you know, my, my, my brother and my dad are really smart businessmen and, and much more conservative than I am. And, and they told me a million times how, I was just putting myself in a bad position and I was like, no, no, I trust these guys, you know, we're like family. And I just felt, I felt really, I felt really embarrassed, you know, yeah. I felt like, I felt like a fool. I felt like, uh, I just put three years of my life into something and, uh, and, and left with zero and, it, and that, and that, and because of that, it made, gave me like a really sour feeling towards event production, which yeah. I really had a lot, I had a ton of passion for. For yeah. many years, and that's I mean that's why it happened. Why that why that whole thing came into fruition is because I I had that. So it, it really hurt me for sure. What is um, it about What is it about event planning that that gets you off? Um, for me, it's well, it's like real. It's event production. It's, it's okay, the idea of like not uh, not like well, you're not putting no, on a party same, for it's all the same stuff. Right, right. It's all the same stuff. It's just like the idea of creating like a a unique like bringing people live music in like a really unique impactful way for me is what, what like gets me really stoked. Yeah. And so the care the Cabo caravan, the Cabo thing was, um, it was really big for me because it was, you know, we would, um, we'd bring six bands down and we would stop at schools and we'd donate instruments. We'd play for these kids at these really rural schools. We'd donate a bunch of instruments. We had like Taylor guitarists supporting us and, and a bunch of local, <laughs> Um, bunch of local companies and, and musicians and and there was a really cool element to that and and the shows in Cabo were were like that much more incredible watching like watching these bands you know you know donate a lot of their time to helping or to working with these kids and 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 like how special it was watching them be able to donate instruments you know something that they love so much and so passionate about and give that to people who financially do not have the means to be able to you know have a guitar in a school to be able to learn how to play it mm -hmm. like watching that happen was such a cool thing and then when when they're on the stage like they're they're playing and the shows are just that much more incredible because of the experiences they had leading up to that 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 weekend and then the show itself is also phenomenal because it's you know a stage on the beach and there's 5,000 people there. And, um, I mean, just the whole, the whole event was really incredible. And, and we had a really cool documentary, um, produced by it, but, you know, and we had a, a documentary film release of the music box, which was really special. Um, but you know, I, at that point I knew the project was dead because mm. of what had happened. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't advertise the, or promote the, uh, the film at all. And it's oh. just kind of sit down YouTube with, few hundred reviews and it's pretty sad right. it's a really well done film so then but so, um oh go ahead but yeah i mean yeah i just i, I really like putting together events that have are more than just music it's, it's uh, um either live music in a setting where you wouldn't normally have live music and it, for me just watching people enjoy live music in a new way is what really gets me stoked that's dope so that's, then that's you, why I get into it. so you learned from this whole cabo caravan to cabo thing you learned that when you're going into a situation like everybody needs to, everything needs to be clear and on the table is what you're saying. Like, yeah, there shouldn't like be before, any stone. Before you invest, 
Yeah, before you invest your heart and soul, make sure it's on the terms that everybody agrees with and you are 100% comfortable with kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm working through with the same, same, but different guys right now. And, you know, maybe we won't come to terms, and, and that's totally okay. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, before before I really can dive headfirst into something, that's, I mean, I, like, I will not make that mistake again without that, question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, because no one wants to feel like, you know, no one wants to feel that. But, but like, that, that amount of, what you learned... Like no one could tell you, not even your own family who who've who you've seen flourish. Like no one could get through to you, like, hey, this is what right. you, you need to know this and you're like, No, it's cool, bro, it's all good, we're gonna go no, party. No, <laughs> yeah, you gotta fail for it. You gotta experience that failure and have it's that like, dagger. No matter you know, pull that yeah. pull that dagger out yourself mm-hmm. before you make that yeah. make that mistake. No matter you, it's like no matter how many times someone's gonna tell you. You're just gonna fucking just keep running into that same wall. Like, bleh, here I go again. It's so crazy yeah. how the human brain works like that, where we'll just, man, everyone in the world could tell you this. It's like that girl's gonna fuck you over. Nah, she's right, cool, right. bro. <laughs> nah, it's cool. She's sitting on his lap. No, nah, they're just friends. It's all good. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling yep. you. So, so you know, it's just how it goes with humans and ego and all that shit brains whatever. yeah oh man there's a lot of ego in, in music production oh my sure. god yes there is <laughs> it's silly it, it is silly and it sucks and and you know like i came into this new market which it, i felt like i i was really worried about coming here and trying to work as a musician which it turned out to be okay but uh, I was always, I was just like, man, it's taken me 10, almost, you know, I was in San Diego for like 13 years. And it's took, it took me, it took me 10 years to be able to like actually live as a musician. And like, you know, it took me a long time and I have, and, and build this crazy network of people who you've seen grow in this scene, who you see grow a scene, you know, like, cause like you start somewhere with somebody and then where you guys end up is totally different places. And and like that's what I see with all these people I used to play with. They're all growing in. They're all touring with these awesome acts. I'm getting opportunities I didn't, you know. So like, like I built that from for years of investing my time, and whether I was investing wisely or not, because half of that, most of that time I was drunk and burning bridges. But but you know, once I got my right. shit together. But then coming here, yeah, I mean, here, a lot of time that's to be learning too. Yeah, you know? exactly, and, and exactly. And how many people told me, dude, you need to stop drinking. Drinking is alcohol is not your friend. It is not your ally. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never, a hundred percent of the times you get in trouble or piss someone off is because you are drunk. A hundred percent of the times. <laughs> so. But it took me a long time for me to figure that out where I need to step back and step. but coming here it was uh it was it was uh it was interesting because I didn't think I was I didn't think it was gonna be like I just walk into a situation but uh honestly fuck it I forgot what my point was even. I forgot where I even well, started. I mean how hard has it been to restart in a in a new market? Oh well for has, me has it been hard or is it has it, it been it's easier. well i mean when uh, when people if if people ask me uh i have had people ask me it's like well how do you do that because i've asked plenty of people and most of the time people are like you gotta go to the gyms you gotta get it going you know you gotta go and meet the people you gotta go show them what you got honestly yeah. the 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 hugest thing in my life that that's helped me come in here or in almost a lot of situations is the podcast this 
like me yeah. talking to people and just being like, hey, I don't know you. You want to talk on mic? <laughs> um, right. And, and right. just from that, like, that's how I have, that's how I was able to walk into a band that's already working. I was able to, like, meet people who book, you know, I'm, and talk to them. And, and, and it's this format right here that's changed everything for me. Like, even, even communicating, even, like, talking to people in general because... I mean, a lot of musicians are not are not businessmen or business people or or people who go out there and like who network. You know, like a lot of musicians are introverts who want to just go do their job and go home or whatever. And so um, that was me. Yeah, breaking breaking him out of that shell and, right. and getting him on here. I mean, that's got to be. It, yeah. it, and that and so like for me, that's helped me to get past my own shell. And be able to talk to people and network. So now, like, when I'm at, like, a gig or if I'm at someone else's gig, I have my business cards. And I'm very I'm, – I'm good at it now. You know, I'm good at talking to people about this. And, and I mean, it helps that I know th- about music because, you know, that's how we relate. But I'm able to, like, really go in and, like um, – it, it, it just really dive in, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's been it, – the podcast has been everything for me. And uh, it, I don't know. It, it it's recording our new album it's been fucking it's been good i don't know man it, it's it's crazy i i i wish i remember what my f- initial point was <laughs> i don't know i i can't remember but I, I i i feel like i feel like from hearing you it's it's also just a matter of like you know you take everything that you learn i mean it, you're just a, you're just even though you know those are 13 years in san diego you've taken everything you've learned from from those years and you can apply it wherever you know yeah every year that you spend in music you're investing in that in yourself in in your own business and even if that doesn't feel like it at times um, <laughs> but every year you're picking up on new things and you're adding it to your you know your your box of tricks and yeah and it, it allows you to you know it, there's sometimes you feel like in the music scene, like or industry, when you leave a, a geographic area where you invested all the time, and you're like, Oh man, if I take that somewhere else, it's like, it's gone. Right. But it's not like you, you, you pick on, up on so much by going through the paces and, and working in a scene that, you know, you probably even grow even more by, by taking those and moving those around, around the country. It did. But, it, I mean, it totally did. Like, like no, I I mean like I just have such more of a clearer scene and and like especially I was especially seeing how like the reggae scene is you know in California it's a very big scene and being able to be like pretty deeply ingrained in it and and seeing how that worked that was super educational like it's like yeah. everything that I learned through that like I'm applying now it's like making good relationships with people being just being friendly is like one of the biggest things that's you know, even if it's just smile more, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like even that little thing is just, that's huge. It's just like changing your attitude and, and like, cause you know, the reggae scene is very like positive. It, it, like positivity yeah. is huge. Yeah. And like that, yeah. that's something that I need, you know, as just as me as an individual, because I tend to be more on the negative side of the, 
of the you know of the spectrum and so like yeah. so like all of that has kind of it just informed me and in how you go into a situation how you behave how you conduct yourself professionally how you show up with with you know what you're doing you you show up prepared you show up on time you show you know like all these things that you fucked up over the past is like okay all right it's taken me longer than probably it should have but you know whatever at least i learned <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, but for here sure. we are, and 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 it's and it's exciting, man. I'm stoked for you. Oh, thanks, man. I'm stoked for you. You know, yeah. I, it's awesome to hear that you're like ready to get back into it, and and even though you 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 ate a big pile of shit in Mexico, like you're like, you know what? I know, I know what I'm not gonna do now, bitch. I'm gonna go, and, exactly. and you're jumping into something else, you know. So like, it's it's like I yeah. feel like failure is like when you fail at something, and and you don't like try it again you know you don't learn from anything i think true failure is like when you just like when you just give up and you're just like fuck it it's like whatever i'm just gonna fail i'm just a failure i guess you know like when you like truly give up is like when you, and not that if you walked away from music forever that you were a failure or anything because you're obviously not a failure you actually you obviously have a good head on your shoulders and you can get by doing whatever but it's just like for me is like if if you like really let a failure fucking shut down an entire part of yourself, then that is truly failure because like you're not because you're not learning, you're not applying what that just how you like that failure is always a lesson and and so that's and, and that's part of the whole attitude change too, you know it's like you kind of gotta look at things differently and and not focus on the negative parts of this but like okay well now i know what not to do so let's just exactly. go in this yeah direction. i mean i i got to a place where i was i was focusing on the negative like crazy it's and and i'm glad I, I i'm glad i could bounce back from that because yeah me too because you're right you know like i i look back at the the cabo thing and I, now i look back at it and i'm and i i learned my mistakes and you know i had the most insane memories. I mean, some of my best memories in music were, were through that. So I don't look at it as a negative thing anymore, even mm. though it was a big, I look, still look at it as a failure. It, it, you know, when I was in the moment, I was consumed by that failure, but you know, sometimes it takes a little time. And, 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 uh, and this trip, this whole, this whole trip has just been a big, a, a big help for me to, to kind of reset my mind on, on, on all the failures and successes and realize, Hey, what, what's really important to me going forward. Hell yeah. So. You strip Hopefully away all does. the... Dis- so- Hell yeah. Yeah. You strip yeah, away all definitely. the bullshit and then all that's left is like the truth. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, let's yeah. pursue that then. <laughs> and yeah, it's interesting. Exactly. That's awesome. Dude, Johnny, thank you so much for coming back on the show. This is your second time. On- well, actually, this is the third time we've done a podcast because we have that, uh, the, the pilot episode that never aired, which will never air. <laughs> Ever, I, I think it needs to air at some point. Maybe we want it to air. <laughs> just, just edit it and auto tune it or something. And then, oh, you um, know what? I could edit it like like to where it sounds like we're actually having like cohesive and like you know meaningful conversation instead of just like my dick. Oh man! Pew pew pew. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I I miss I miss that studio as well. That was just, that was some good vibes in that studio. Me, yeah, man, I I miss it too. I actually, when I was in San Diego, the first night I got in the town, like I didn't plan very well because I got robbed. My thing got robbed. My uh, storage unit got robbed. So I was just in distraught. I lost some gear. 
I flew out there and I didn't really set up any places to stay. So I'm just like, oh shit, I should probably. So I ended up sleeping in that studio in the garage and now it's not a studio. Now it's an actual garage. They got a car in there, and but they got like a little area where there's like a bed and stuff where I guess yeah. they sleep sometimes. Oh, I, would, I would live, I would live in there. I'll, I would live in there. Oh yeah. I, I didn't give a fuck. I went, I went to Roberto's. I got fucking a burrito, which I haven't eaten in, in like, you know, since I had been gone, a real burrito and not that Roberto's. Is, That's a real burrito. But yeah. I mean, Roberto's. It's okay. It's just okay. It, yeah, it is just okay. <laughs> you, gotta go to D, you gotta get down to Nico's. Nico's. You gotta get down to the, the real spots. Yeah, the, yeah. There's legit. You gotta go to the legit spots. But you know, in the middle of the night, fucking Roberto's was there. I smashed a burrito and I fell asleep in that fucking thing like it was home. So I didn't even give a fuck. I was just happy to be in that space. You know, just like. Right. And you can hear the ocean in the background. Oh, See, I miss that. I miss. I really miss. Yeah. I really miss. It was that. a good space you guys created for sure. But yeah. all right, Johnny man, I appreciate it. I, um, I, you know, enjoy your time in Austin there. Uh, fucking, I love that city. It's like fucking such a fun city. So enjoy your time yeah. there and and appreciate uh, that. And fucking be safe, man, on your journey, on your journey west, and good luck with the the with your newfound fucking motivation for music and shit. I love it. It's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the positivity. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you take care of yourself, yep. and I'll talk to you soon. All righty. All right, man. Peace. Later. Hey, thanks, Johnny. I really appreciate you taking your the time out of your day in Austin, Texas. I think he's in Mexico now. I, I, I just looked at his Instagram before I recorded this, and I do believe he's in, in Mexico, or maybe... No, that was in December. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Go to Rover Life or at Rover Life. You can find Johnny, and that's his van lifing um, IG diary thing. Um, he also, again, check out those uh, links in the in the show notes. I also put a, sh- a link to his band, Red Knot Chili Peppers. They are a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band w- that are, is very good, and and um, and Johnny is, has has. Uh, built this brand for years now and uh, well you heard all about it you were just listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah just go follow johnny like he he lives a very interesting life and i just, and he's just such a great human being and a very humble dude and, and super intelligent I, I know i'm dick riding here but i just I really respect Johnny and as a musician, as a person, as a, you know, as a human being, he's just a, a great guy. Um, go to wespeakenglishgood.net. Check out the non-barren wasteland. <laughs> this is a new and improved wespeakenglishgood.net. Go there. Check it out. Leave a review on iTunes. Uh, five stars, one star. doesn't matter. Uh, all that matters is that you go and express yourself about the show. Um, subscribers, I'm sorry, I'm still slacking. My email, my subscriber email turned into sort of a free thought flowing of ideas and a flow of consciousness that it has no real cohesion other than just thoughts and ideas that came out of my face while I was dictating it to my phone. So um, maybe subscribers, anybody who subscribed to the email, maybe I'll send something out soon. I don't know. I should very busy right now. It's it's uh, end of the year. You know, Christmas is next week. 
which Merry Christmas, everybody. Next time we talk, it's going to be past Christmas. So Merry Christmas, guys. I hope you guys uh, have a great holiday. Just be safe. That's it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I also want to say, uh, write the show at We Speak English Good. Dot, all right. Uh, we Speak English Good at gmail.com. Um, and that's about it. Okay, so I've been thinking about doing um, uh, a diary show. And um, because if you haven't noticed, I've sort of stop putting these long intros in the front of the podcast just keep it short i don't want to keep it to like five to six minutes and then onwards so i was thinking because i miss just blathering into a microphone and this stream of consciousness that i i spew out of my face every time i do an intro i miss that so i want I, I was thinking maybe i could do something like that um on a separate show or not a separate show, but just a separate release thing. So we can have... I, it was kind of like when I was trying to do the the, uh, the weekly music accompaniment um, last winter, I think I was trying to do that. So I was thinking about doing a few of these, just see how it goes, see if you guys respond to them. But it'll just be me talking into a microphone. That's it. Uh, so I might do that. I might not. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what I have the energy in time to do anymore it's just always so up in the air anyways thank you guys be good to your fellow human beings hjs for everybody love you guys i'll see you guys next week